Journey into space. The BBC presents Jet Morgan in The World in Peril. Jet Morgan and his crew, in order to gain time in which to contact Earth by radio, used up every scrap of fuel in an effort to get away from the Martian fleet in whose path they lay. This they managed to do, but as a result, left themselves adrift in space with no means whatsoever of controlling the ship, which was now destined to go drifting around the sun forever. But in spite of getting ahead of the Martian fleet, Lemmy was unable to establish contact with Earth. And then Frank, who was on watch at the televiewer, called Jet over to the screen. Those asteroids, they've increased speed. What? Yes, sir. They're closing in on us very rapidly. It must have increased their speed by at least 25%. Check it for yourself. Well, there's no need to. I can tell they're close up by the size of the images on the screen. Yeah, they mean to overtake us, all right. Well, they'll be honest in less than a couple of days. And if they go on increasing speed, it'll only be a matter of hours. Oh, blimey. Hello, Earth. Space freak calling up. Can you hear me? I've most important and urgent message for you. If you love me, answer me call. Please answer me call. Keep at it, Lemmy. Keep calling. You're darn right, I will. What's that? That's the lunar controller. He's waking up. And about time, too. Uh, where am I? What happened? All right, take it easy. You blacked out during the acceleration, but you'll be okay. Let me get up. No, wait a minute. Let me get up, I said. Very well. The fleet... What about the Martian fleet? We managed to pull away from them, but they've increased their speed. They seem determined to overtake us. Of course they are. You don't think you can outpace them in this old crate, do you? It was a chance, and we took it. How fast can those asteroids go? They can reach a maximum speed of 45,000. They'll be honest in a few hours. You haven't a hope. They're bound to overtake us and crush us to pulp. Squash us right out of existence. We won't mind that quite so much, so long as we get a message through to Earth first. You may not mind, but I do. I don't want to die just yet. None of us does, but what can we do about it? Turn the ship round. Go back to Mars. We couldn't change the course of this ship by a fraction of a degree. Why not? You got this far, didn't you? We haven't any fuel, that's why not. But we used it all up. You used it all up? Every bit? Yes. What for? To gain time and to set course for Earth. But you'll never land. With no fuel to slow the ship down, you couldn't possibly land. Don't you think we realize that? Then why did you do it? Why? I told you to gain time. And the nearer we get to Earth, the better chance we have of establishing radio contact. And what if you do make contact? Then at least Earth will know the method by which the conquest will be attempted. What if they do? How does that help us? We didn't come all the way to Mars to look after ourselves, Mr. Evans. We came here to get vital information that Earth needs. Well, we've got it. And we're going to do our best to see that the Earth gets it. If it's the last thing we do. It will be. It'll be the last thing any of us will do. There's no hope for us. No hope at all. We shall die. Our deaths are unimportant. Yours might be, but mine isn't. Who gave you the right to decide that I should die? I'm captain of this ship. I give the orders here, and those orders will be obeyed, no matter what they entail. You don't give me orders, Mr. Morgan. So long as you're aboard, you'll take my orders and like it. In any case, it's too late to do anything about it now. We're adrift in space, and that's the end of it. Oh, no, it's not. 
we can save ourselves, and we'd be fools not to. Oh, how? You have a radio aboard here. Of course we have. With a high-frequency transmitter? Yes, why? We can use it to contact the Martian fleet. How will that help? Put ourselves into their hands. Surrender to them, you mean? Not surrender, Captain Morgan. Cooperation. With the Martians? That's better than dying, isn't it? Not to my way of thinking. What have you got to lose? The opportunity to get that message back to Earth. To prevent the invasion from succeeding. You'll never do it. And what does it matter if you don't? The people on Earth will never even know the invasion has taken place. It'll be on them and all over before they even realize what's happening. The answer is no. You won't do it? No. You put more importance on getting that message back to Earth than you do on the lives of your crew? I ask them to do nothing I'm not doing myself. More importance than on my life? Yes, it's certainly more important than that. Out of my way. What? Out of my way, do you hear? Where are you going? Stand aside, you. Hey, turn it up. What do you think you're doing? Let me get to that radio. Get out of my way. Get out of it. Get out of the way. Oh, you dirty kid. Take that ship. Get him, Mitch. Oh, no, you don't. All right, Jet, we got him. Give him one. Ah, it's got it. Yeah. What are you trying to do? Wreck the radio completely? Why not? He's going to crack us. Completely up his rocker. No, not me. I'm the only sane one here. That's a matter of opinion. Now, listen to me carefully. I'm listening. Just understand this once and for all. Well, we don't intend to cooperate with any Martians or with you. We're going to stay out of their way as long as we can. At the same time, we shall make every endeavor to contact Earth Control. We shall continue to do so until that fleet of asteroids overtakes us and all hope is gone. Now, put on one of those Martian suits. What for? You're not going to set me adrift outside, are you? No, but while you're wearing a suit, your movements are restricted and clumsy. You're less likely to surprise us. But make any further attempt to go near that radio or any other vital equipment aboard this ship, and you'll spend what little time may be left of this voyage down below in the hold, deep down, where you can do no harm. Is that clear? Yes. Couldn't be plainer. Very well. Help him on with his suit, will you, Doc? Okay. Mitch, get over to Lemmy. See if he's okay. Sure. Oh. Are you all right, Lemmy? Oh. Do I look all right? Now, where'd he catch you? Let's have a look. Oh, crikey. Oh. I think you're going to have a nice black eye. So what am I supposed to do? Put a dehydrated steak on it? Are you sure you feel Okay. You don't want me to take over? No, thank you. If you'd been quicker in coming to the rescue, it wouldn't have happened at all. Oh, sorry, Lemmy, it all occurred so quickly. We didn't know he was going to hit you. Well, you ought to know you can't trust him. He's liable to do anything. Now, leave me alone. I've got work to do. Oh, well, there's no need to get riled with me. I'm not riled, just busy. You want me to contact Earth, don't you? We've got those Martians on our tail, haven't we? Okay, okay. You're obviously all right. Well, we won't be much longer if you don't let me get on with it. That fleet will be on us in just a few hours, and Earth hasn't heard a peep from us yet. Lemmy's efforts at the radio were fruitless. Occasionally, he picked up the voice of control, only to hear the operator say that he was still listening out for us, but failed to receive us. At last, after more than five hours of almost continual calling, Jet ordered Lemmy to rest and told Mitch to take the Cockney's place at the radio controls. Meanwhile, the Martian fleet was slowly but surely overtaking us. 
What had originally showed on our televiewer screen as bright, star-like images now resolved into bodies of a definite, solid appearance. The freighter, unlike the Discovery, which had been stripped of all its gear by the Martians, carried no telescopic lenses, so we were unable at this stage to get a close view of our pursuers. At this distance, there were too many to count, but we could easily see the 21 leading asteroids. They flew in a crescent formation. In the center was a huge asteroid, at least twice the size of those that escorted it, ten on each side, the line tapering back like a colossal pair of wings. Behind the first formation, we could see others, all identical with the first, stretching back into the distance for what must have been hundreds of miles. I got my first detailed look at the fleet when I relieved Frank at the televiewer screen. I had hardly been there ten minutes when Lemmy, who had spent all his time till now working on the radio and in consequence had never seen the Martian ships, came over to the televiewer and stood at my side. Is that them, Doc? Yeah, that's them, all right. Well, they may have an evil purpose in view, but they certainly look a magnificent sight. Mm. How long before Earth has a fleet of ships that big flitting around the solar system? If the invasion succeeds, Lemmy, never. Any luck with control? Uh, not when I left the radio. Maybe Mitchell have better luck than I did. What beats me is they heard the first call we made, but have heard nothing since. Here, you don't think the Martian fleet has anything to do with it, do you? That they're uh, jamming us or something? I don't see why. They never prevented our calling Earth before, or receiving replies either. No, they never have, have they? And if they were jamming us, we wouldn't hear control at all. We both work on the same frequency. Maybe the signals are blocked by some other cause. Maybe as we change our position, reception conditions will get better. They never were much good at this distance anyway. You're right there. And that transmitter's not anything like as powerful as the job we carried in the Discovery. Oh, if I ever find the geese who ripped it out of the flagship, I'll do him. I'm sure you will. Do you think that fleet will catch us up, Doc? Well, the way things look now, they certainly will. Oh, if they hit us, we won't stand much chance, will we? Absolutely none. Oh, don't. Well, if it does happen, we know very little about it. They may, of course, just overtake and pass us, just leave us standing. And then what'll happen to us? The mere proximity of being up to swing us right off course, I reckon? Mm, certain to. But even if they didn't, even if we were likely to get anywhere near the Earth, we'd never be able to make a landing. No, we'd just go sailing on, round and round the sun. Sometimes past near the Earth, sometimes near Mars. Forever. Mm-hmm. Or until one day, in the dim and distant future, maybe hundreds of years from now, we'd collide with one or the other of them, or be battered to pieces by a meteor swarm. Hundreds of years? Yes, Lemmy. How much grub we got on board? Enough for approximately eight months, if we go carefully. And what grub it is, too. What a ship all round. Nowhere to cook, no bunks to sleep in, only half the equipment we need, no chairs to sit on, and that Jack Evans never more than a few feet away from you. It's enough to give you the creeps. Well, these freighters were never built to carry crews. We should consider ourselves lucky we can manage as well as we can. Tell me that in nine months, when we pass the earth and all the grub's gone. Maybe it would be better if that Martian fleet did run us down. At least the end would be quick. And our chances of contacting earth, nil. Yeah, that is a point. We can't forget the folks at home, can we? It was for their benefit we started out on this jaunt. But only a handful of them realize it. Here, can I get you something to eat, though? No, thanks, Lemmy. I had something just before you came off watch. 
Well, in that case, I'll get a little kip. Do you mind if I lie down on your so-called bed? No, but what's wrong with your own? Jack Evans is sitting next to it. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> Very well. Go ahead. Thanks, Doc. I'll do the same for you sometime. Twenty-four hours passed. By now, the asteroid that made up the leading formation of the Martian fleet more than filled the whole televiewer screen. Slowly, or so it seemed, the huge, global-shaped rocks, miniature planets, in fact, crept up on us, closer and ever closer. All of us, all that is, except Lemmy and the lunar controller, gathered round the televiewer screen to watch the fascinating but awful sight. The lunar controller seemed to have lost interest in everything and sat on the floor for hours on end, his back to the wall, knees drawn up, his head buried in his arms. Lemmy, now refreshed from his sleep, was standing radio watch for the third time. They're slowing down. Yeah, their speed's dropped considerably in the last two hours. That means they may not intend to ram us after all. That uh, means they're not likely to pass us by either. If you ask me, they intend to match their speed to ours. But why? What can they hope to gain by that? How should I know? But that's the position as I see it. They must always be on us now. That big asteroid, the leading one, more than fills the screen. And it's directly behind us. If it keeps on the same course, it's bound to hit us. How can we avoid it? Ah, it's all very odd. I'd have thought the idea would be for them to get to Earth as soon as possible. I'd have thought so too, but whatever their intention, there's nothing we can do about it. Not a thing. Uh, rotate the camera, and let's take a look on either side of that big asteroid. Uh, see if the rest is still in formation. Rotating. Stress! She can't be more than a few hundred miles behind us now. You can see the sphere base on her quite easily, and the spheres lying on their floors. Hey, Jet, look. The smaller asteroids, they're leaving formation, going on ahead of the big uh, They intend to surround us. Jet! Jet! Yes, Lemmy? Come over here quick. Control. Diverted. Oh, at last. Stay by the television, fellas. I'll be right back. Repeat. Receiving your signal strength one. Repeat, strength one. I'm ready to receive your message. Over. There. Hear that? They heard us. Very faint. But they heard us. Oh, thank goodness. I'd better get cracking on my preliminary calls. Now, skip the formalities, Lemmy. We'll go straight into the important thing, the text of the message. Yes, mate. Now, switch over to transmitter. I'll deal with this. And what do I do? Oh, go over to the televiewer. Keep me informed of what's going on outside. Those asteroids are preparing to envelop us. Eh? You mean they ain't going to ram us after all? I don't think so. Uh, get over there. There's a good fellow. After I've given control the vital information about the Earth's television stations, I'll give them full details of what's happening out here. And I'll see you kept informed, chump. Good. Let's hope they really are hearing us this time. Hello, Earth. Space Fleet Freighter Number One calling control. Have important message for you regarding the invasion of Earth by Mars. Listen carefully. The main fleet is already on its way. The method by which the Martians hope to overcome all resistance to their invasion plans is as follows. What's happening out there? What are they up to? They're level with us now, Lemmy. And they're breaking formation. That big asteroid hasn't come any closer. But the smaller ones are taking up positions all around us. Yeah, they're hemming us in. They must think we're still fuel and might attempt to get away from them again. How about it, Lemmy? Did Earth hear us? Yes, Doc. Jet's talking to him now. Giving them all the gent. Well, are they hearing him? They should be. But we won't know for sure for another eight minutes at least. Hey. Hey, listen. That's a familiar noise. I'll say it is. It's that Martian music, the kind that puts you to sleep. Too right it is. So that's their little game. Try to hypnotize us. Well, then don't let them. Fight it. With willpower, we can resist it. We must resist it. Well, that's easier said than done, Doc. You know what happened to us last time? Good grief, those Martian ships are all around us. 
And that's where that audible noise must be coming from. They've got us now, and no mistake. Oh, dear, I'm beginning to feel tired and all. Walk up and down, Lemmy. Keep slapping your face. But whatever you do, don't go to sleep. Frank. Yes, Doc? Start walking. Go on. Yes, Doc. Oh, I must keep awake. Oh, I'll face, face. I must keep awake. Don't go to sleep. Whatever. You okay, Mitch? I must keep awake. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. How about Jet? He seems to be all right. You keep an eye on the others. I'll go over to him. Okay. Jet. Jet. Doc, what's happening there? That noise. Look, we're completely surrounded. How about Earth? Did you get the message through? I don't know. There hasn't been time for the reply yet. Stay awake, Jet, for Pete's sake. I'll record it. Switch it on. It'll transmit automatically. No matter what happens, sir. Now pull yourself together. Don't let that music get you. We must fight it. We must keep awake. Do you hear? Doc, that noise, it stopped. Thank goodness. Has Jet passed out? I'm afraid so, Lemmy. Well, that leaves only you and me awake, then. Well, have the others passed out, too? Yes. Mitch, Frank, and the Lunar Controller, they're still standing up, but they're out to the world. What happens now? Uh, I don't know. Did Jet get the message through to Earth? No, I think he did manage to send it once before that music got him. Well, it'll be a few minutes before they call us, then. Well, meanwhile, get over to the televiewer and see what's going on outside. I'll try to rouse the others. Right. Jet. Jet, can you hear me? Wake up for Pete's sake. Oh, no. Stop. What is it, Lemmy? They're here. The Martians are coming. What was that? Look, there, see? One of those Martian spheres. It's left a big asteroid and it's heading for our ship. They must think we've all been overcome by that hypnotic music as we were down on Mars. Well, that's where they make a big blunder. It's a good job me and you have got strong wills. Well, had they kept it up, I don't think either of us would have held out much longer. But what good has it done us? They're coming now. And what can you and me do against them? Well, we'll do what we can. And we can prevent their getting in here for a start. How? Get over to the airlock. Disconnect the outside control so they can't open the main door. Right. Meanwhile, I'll disconnect the door into the cargo hold so they can't come in that way. Well, that's the main door fixed. Now what? And that's the whole door disconnected, too. Now let's see how close they are. And... They're right outside. Didn't waste any time, did they? And they're coming out. Look, the door's opening. Oh, crikey. Are they Martians? I shouldn't think so, Lenny. Just condition types and Martian spacesuits. Oh, give them condition. They'll be in a pretty poor condition if they lay a finger on me. Well, they're starting to drift across now. I expect they've been ordered to come over here to pick us up. And take us back to that big asteroid? Yeah, probably. Well... Unless they've brought a couple of tin openers with them, they're going to be unlucky. You stay here. I'll get back to Jet, see if I can wake him at least. Well, you think you will? You remember last time that noise came on, we were out cold for hours. All of us. Yeah, but nobody tried to wake us then. Well, do your best, Doc. I'll stand by to repel boulders. 
Hey, Jet. Jet, wake up. Jet, wake up. Aye, aye. They're outside now. Trying the main door. No point in your getting knocked. That control's not operating. Doc, thank goodness you've come round at last. What happened? You passed out. That noise, remember? Yes, but how about the rest of the crew? Lemmy and I managed to resist it. But Mitch, Frank, and the lunar controller didn't. I can see they didn't. What on earth's going on? One of those Martian spheres is outside. Its crew is trying to get in here. What? Yeah, but don't worry. We disconnected both outside door oh, Good for you. Uh, how about control? Did they get our message? Well, they've hardly had time to reply to it if they did. Hey, Doc. Yes, Lemmy? Those geezers, they're giving up. They're drifting back to the sphere. Oh, that couldn't be better. Keep your eye on them. Right. Oh, come on, Jet. Up on your feet. Help me rouse the others. Right out, Doc. What's happening out there, Lemmy? What's happening in here? Well, Mitch and Frank are awake, and Doc's working on the lunar controller now. Oh, well, all that's happened out there is those Martians, or conditioned types, or whatever they were, gave up trying to get through the main door and tried a cargo hatch. Then they got back in the sphere and beetled off back to the asteroid. And you've seen nothing of them since? No, mate. Maybe they've gone back to get some tools or something to cut their way in. Yeah, maybe. Well, I'll take over here now, Lemmy. You get the radio, will you? All right. I don't think they're ever going to hear us. If you ask me, we've had our chips. We don't give up that easily, Lemmy. Who's giving up? Oh, Millie said I thought we'd had our chips, that's all. And as I say it, we have. If I hear from control, I'll give you a yell. Fine. Control calling space fleet. Hey, Jet. Calling freighter number one. Receiving you strength two. It's control. The Verdus. Coming, Lemmy. Frank, take over the teleview, will you? Repeat. Receiving you. Controller's heard us. Yes, Mitch. Did they get the message? How do I know? He said nothing about that yet. Have received your message. They got it. Do you hear that? They got it. Received your message, but do not understand its contents. Oh, no. Quiet, Lemmy. Full consideration to your request is being given at the highest level, but it is imperative that more information as to the reason for closing down all television stations be given immediately. No, ain't that just like them? Why don't they just do as they're told and ask questions afterwards? We haven't time to explain everything. Well, how do we know it ain't that geezer down on Earth who's playing for time? Time for what? Time for the Martian fleet to reach Earth. Well, why should he? Well, according to Jack Evans, there's thousands of condition types already planted down on Earth. Some of them with very important positions and all. He had one himself. He was the lunar controller. And you think the radio operator is a condition type? Well, why not? Anybody might be. If not him, then his supervisor. Or his supervisor, supervisor. That's possible. That message would go through a considerable number of people before it got to Space HQ. And all they'd have to do is acknowledge the message and then ignore it. That's a point. Evans. Well, you heard what Lemmy suggested. What's your view? Is that operator or any of his immediate superiors in league with the Martians? Do you think I carry a complete list of every condition typed down on Earth in my head? No, but you should know of those who were in any way connected with Space HQ. Thousands of people, from shipbuilders to the humblest launching platform crewmen, are connected with Space HQ. Still, you must have known some. All the ones I knew, and there were six, are back on Mars. We all returned together when we were picked up from the lunar colony the day you took off in the Discovery. Are you speaking the truth? Why not? What good could it do me to side with the Martians now? They seem very keen to transfer us to that big asteroid. Might do you a lot of good, if it's your intention to save your own skin. I've told you all I know. I've nothing more to say. 
Oh, very well. Why ask questions if you have no intention of accepting my answers? Well, Jet, what do we do? Uh, to explain all we know to Earth will take hours. If reception is still bad, they'd be constantly asking for repeats. The more we tell them, the longer they'll ponder over it. All they have to do is close down all television stations. We'll have time to tell them why after they've done it. You think so? By now, the Martians on that asteroid, if there are any on it, must realize we're not all lying here unconscious as they expected. Yeah, they're probably thinking of some plan to get us out of here right now. We'll put an end to us all together. Call up Control, Lemmy. I'll talk to them. Yes, mate. Hello, Control. Space Fleet Freighter Number One, calling Control. Hey, Jets! Jets! Uh, now what? Come over here, quickly. Stay with Lemmy, Mitch. Right. I'll be right back. What's the trouble? Oh, trouble is right. The ship, she's falling. Falling? How do you mean? Towards the asteroid, very slowly at the moment, but we're getting closer to its surface, and no mistake. Check it with the radar, and you'll see. I certainly will, right away. Doc. Yeah? Well, what is it? We're going to crash into that asteroid. What? The big one behind us? We may now assume it's below us, and we're falling towards its surface. At what rate? Quite slowly at the moment, but by the time we get down as far as the surface, our rate will be enough to give the ship and us a nasty bump. Yeah, we might have known this would happen. A body as large as that asteroid's bound to have some gravitational effect on a little ship like this. It's attracting us like a pin to a magnet. If only we could counteract the fall. What with, Doc? We haven't a scrap of fuel in the tanks. Well, we're helpless. Helpless as a ship at sea drifting on the tide. <sighs> if only Earth would wake up. Jet, I've got him. Oh, talk of the devil. Coming, Lenny. This is probably our last chance to persuade them to take action. You must persuade them, Jet. Come on, we'll get over the radio and see what we can do. Let's act on this information immediately. There's not much time left. Repeat, act immediately. Unless you do, it'll be too late. Repeat, too late. That's telling them, mate. Now let's see what effect that has. Yes, if I know those brass hats up at Space HQ, very little. Well, that's their last chance. If they don't take action this time, we may never be able to tell them again. Ain't that just like them? Send us all this way to Mars to find out how the invasion will be made, and then when we tell them, they don't want to believe it. I don't blame them, I must say. Whoever thought television would be their major weapon? It's been a major weapon in the hands of many people down on Earth for years. Ah, but never for such a sinister reason as the Martians have in mind. No. This is no time to debate morals, Martian or otherwise. We're getting perilously close to that asteroid now. We must get ready for the impact. Oh, blimey. How long before we actually hit the ground? About five minutes. Get onto your beds. I want nobody on their feet when the crash comes. How big is it likely to be? Well, nothing like as severe as if it were the Earth or even the moon we were falling onto. But even so, somebody could get hurt. Now, this is no time for us to have casualties on your hands. Well, that's why I'm ordering everybody to lie down. But what happens if control comes through meanwhile? Calling space fleet. Aye, aye. They're here already. Calling freighter number one. Well, that can't be them. Our signals hardly had time to reach them. Calling freighter number one. Can you hear me? That's not control. You're darn right it's not. Calling space fleet. Freighter number one. It may not be control, but the accent is certainly that of control. That no better answer it. No, let me stay where you are. I'll do it. Don't stay too long, Jet. We're nearly down on the deck. Hello? Freighter number one answering. Receiving you, strength four. Your ship is falling. You are in danger of crashing onto the asteroid. We realize that, thank you. There's no delay between replies. Who are you? That geezer must be calling from one of those asteroids outside. We will do 
our best to save you from the crash. That's pretty nice of you, mate. What can you do to prevent it? You will put on your spacesuits and accompany the escort I will send for you. And who do you think you're giving orders to? What if we don't care to leave here? A sphere will set out from here immediately. Be ready to leave your ship and transfer to it when it arrives. Answer my question. What if we don't care to leave here anyway? If you ask me, Jet, he won't be answering any questions. You have very little time left. Prepare to transfer at once. We prefer to stay here and take a chance, thank you. The Spear is ready to leave. They must have a regular taxi service down there. You're wasting your time. We have no intention of leaving this ship. And you're wasting your time talking to him, Jet. That can only be another of those electronic brains. Of course it is. What else would it be? You think so? Aye, aye. I thought you'd given up talking altogether. What did that remark mean exactly, Mr. Evans? That is not the voice of an electronic brain. Hey, hey, listen. Do you hear anything? Anybody? If it's not an electronic brain, what is it? You'd better lie down, Jet. We must be very close to the surface by now. Answer me, Mr. Evans. What is it? That noise. Are you all deaf? Doesn't anybody hear a noise? Yeah, I hear it, Lemmy, as plainly as I hear you. And it's getting louder, I swear it. Evans, answer my question. If you have any questions to ask, ask me. What was that, Lemmy? I didn't say anything, Jet. Yes, you did. I distinctly heard you. But I didn't. Of course you didn't. It was me you heard. Oh, Mother, what's happening? Jet, get down. We're nearly on the deck. Lemmy, what are you playing at? I must be sick. Very sick. I must be going off me rocker. Not so sick as you might be if you don't listen to me. What on earth is going on? Look out, we're about to hit the deck. Jet, get down for Pete's sake. Jet, look out. That was episode 18 of Journey into Space. Taking part in this recording were Andrew Folds as Jet Morgan, Alfie Bass as Lemmy, Guy Kingsley Pointer as Doc, and Don Shire.